We're going to start by just considering some statements um, before we, before I explain myself here. So, but I need some help with, because I don't want to just be the talking head, which actually that, that's kind of a, a pun for later. But, um, so we're going to have you guys help me. So just starting over here, Trey, just go on down the line and, and read each of these statements as I, oh, hey, I got one of these things, as I advance them. Oh, okay. <laughs> all, all with glasses on. Right, I've been really good lately. I have definitely earned a break from serving others. I deserve for someone to serve me. I've been so bad this week. I haven't earned chill time. Uh, I don't deserve rest. I've tried memorizing the Bible. It just doesn't work for me. I don't like to read. Reading the Bible is not a priority. I'm an introvert. I'm not a share my faith sort of person. <laughs> this sin isn't affecting anyone else. I've got this serving thing mastered. I'll just show up and end it. At the end of a... Voila. 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 <laughs> I'd never let anyone confront me on my entertainment choices. I need to look really spiritual or I won't be respected. When I don't get enough me time or uh, self-care, I cannot be responsible for what I say or do. I don't have time to spend personal time with God. I'm too busy with ministry. It doesn't bother me to just do what I feel like doing. I can pray tomorrow. Does tomorrow ever come? So how would these statements go over with your discipler? <laughs> Disciplers in the room, how would they go over? Ooh, Corey's got a backhand. Um, how would these statements go over with God? They're probably not much better. Okay, so here's a little bit of a reveal. If you remember, in the fall, during our orientation, we did a workshop for you. We called it a student life workshop or a health workshop. And we reviewed and, and just presented to you some, some good things that are going to help you uh, succeed physically while you're at school here. This isn't going to be a repeat of that workshop, but we're going to revisit the subject. We've got Student Life Workshop 2.0, so it's going to be a little bit of a review. I'm not going to get us bogged down in theology, but um, we're going to take a brief look at our hearts and ask, why does it even matter? Most likely, I'm not going to tell you anything new, except for maybe you're going to hear a little bit about my heart and my sinfulness, but and I apologize for that right up front, but anyways, <clears throat> let's get started. How many of you guys realize that we have goals for you guys as students? For those of you who are going to be graduating with a Bachelor of Arts, we have some specific learning goals for you. Makes sense. But do you know what those are? <clears throat> let's see. Let's start on this side. If you want to just take the next goal, Matt, so start out with, they're all training disciples. Training of disciples at NBC will produce graduates who are spiritually, spiritually characterized by the habits of spiritual maturity, a commitment to the authority of scripture, and a consistent devotional life whose outflow is exhibited in the fruit of the spirit. Okay, next. Intellectually characterized by the ability to study, interpret, and apply the scriptures as they encounter the challenges of daily living, cultivating a biblical worldview in which knowledge and practice are unified in 
That sounds, this, this all sounds pretty good. You guys glad that you're a students here? You're gonna learn all kinds of good stuff. All right, next. Socially characterized by commitment to God-honoring <coughs> relationships and the ability to communicate accurately the truths of scripture in culturally relevant ways. Okay, four. Physically characterized by respect for one's body as redeemed by Jesus and involved by the Holy Spirit. And last one. Characterized in ministry by a consistent commitment to disciple making, exhibited by a servant's heart, a love for the church, and a determined obedience to the Great Commission. Okay, so if you hadn't already guessed it, this is the one we're going to focus on today. That graduates would be physically characterized by respect for one's body as redeemed by Jesus and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. All right, so let's get into it here. So <clears throat> I'm going to review a little bit in the fall, so we're kind of all on the same page. Some of, how many of you guys remember that workshop that you had? Okay, some of you may not have, because if you came earlier than like three years ago, you wouldn't have heard that. But what we did is we focused on three main areas of physical health for you guys. Um, active living or exercise, healthy eating, and balanced rest, so not having the all-nighters. So with any, with any sort of parameter or path that the Lord gives us in life, there's often ditches on either side. You're walking down the road and there's a borrow pit on either side that you're at risk for falling into. And this subject kind of, with a lot of them, has that same risk of two ditches of danger. They're licentiousness and legalism. So somebody give me a better word than licentiousness, because that one's kind of too big and fancy. What does that mean in the vernacular? Lazy. Yep, could be. Permissiveness. What was that? Permissiveness. Permissiveness. Yes. It's, it's without law, without any restriction or restraint. And legalism is what? Taylor, what? The opposite. The opposite. Bound, restricted. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's a little bit of a no-brainer there. But if you think about either of those things, whether, whether you're careless and, and lawless, like, I don't care, I'm going to do whatever I want, or I am bound by restricted, I have to do it this way, it has to look just right, I have to balance on that line, both of those areas, both those ditches are focused on self. And so that's what I wanted to point out here. I've got a couple of quotes from... Um, a Facebook friend of mine. Now, one is kind of humorous, and one I think has some simple profundity to it. So the fun one um, was, how do people work 10 plus hours a day, then come home and work out and cook? Adulting is an extreme sport. So I don't know if you guys have found that to be true. But the other one is from the National Eating Disorders Association, and it has a, it's, it's quite, quite profound. And it says, exercise is a celebration of what your body can do, not a punishment for what you ate. So we're gonna, we're gonna keep moving forward here, but those are a couple of examples. So before we get into, into this, I wanna ask you guys a question. Whose are you? Because this, this goal that we have for you is that you'll be physically characterized by respect for one's body as redeemed by Jesus and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Well. We have been, those of us who've been around the Bible College long enough know that not everybody who walks through our hall hallways and walks into our doors knows the Lord. 
And we have seen that because you guys, many of you give testimony occasionally over the years of, yeah, I really didn't get the gospel. I really hadn't surrendered my life to Christ until that one class or that one lecture, or I was walking with my discipler or this thing happened in my life. And so I wanna start with that question, whose are you? Do you know and can you comprehend the love that God has for his own, hopefully for you? Uh, I want to listen. I want us to listen to Romans 8. Um, John Piper does an amazing reading of this chapter. And I want you to listen for something. First of all, the, it ends. I couldn't. I was just going to do the end of the chapter, but I, I couldn't. We got to listen to the whole chapter. But in the end, he really camps on God's love for you. But throughout the whole thing, you're going to see this tension between the already and the not yet. The things that are true in Christ, but they're not fully realized in our life. So I want you to listen for that as we go. And we're just going to listen to it's about six minutes. Feel free to close your eyes and just dwell in the words if you like. So there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who walk according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, and those who walk according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. The mind that is set on the flesh is death. And the mind that is set on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind of the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit if the Spirit of God really dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, though your bodies are dead because of sin, your spirit is alive because of righteousness. If the one, the Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through the spirit that dwells in you. So brothers, we are debtors, but not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live for all who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. He has not given us a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. He has given us the spirit of sonship by which we cry, Abba, Father. And when we do that, the spirit is bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if we suffer with him in order that we might be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that will re be revealed to us. 
for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the whole creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of him who subjected it in hope that the whole creation will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together like pains of childbirth and not the creation only. But we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, even we also groan, waiting our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. In that hope, we were saved. And who hopes for what he sees? But if you hope for what you do not see, you wait for it with patience. Likewise. The Spirit helps us in our weakness because we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. For we know all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he predestined, he called. And those whom he called, he justified. And those whom he justified, he glorified. What are we going to say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own Son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not freely with him give us all things? Who's going to bring him a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who's going to condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, who was raised from the dead. Yes, who is at the right hand of God interceding for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, we are being killed all day long. We are counted as sheep we slaughter. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So whose are you? Do you know, can you comprehend the love that God has for his own? So did you see some of the tension in there? I loved that reading. I wish when I read the Bible I had a whole symphony just like giving the emotion behind it. Don't you kind of wish you had that every morning? It'd be awesome. It depicts the battle that we're in. When we are redeemed by Jesus and indwelt by the Holy Spirit, we enter an epic battle. Before Christ, there's no battle. All we have is our sinful flesh. There's, there's very little going on in the spirit realm. But Romans 8, 9 says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. 
John 3.30. Anybody know John 3.30? Well, I'll read it for you. He must increase, I must decrease. That is the battle that's going on in you right now. Praise God, the battle will be over one day. Okay, so when we are redeemed by Christ and into the Holy Spirit, this is a game changer. You now have a choice. The battle is on. The question turns into what or who do you love? So um, this is where you get to hear a little bit of, of my ugliness, my sin. What does Jenny love? Well, praise God, I have been redeemed by Jesus and, and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So I love some things that are good. I love Jesus. I love worshiping him. And, well, I don't always love it, but sometimes crying when we're worshiping him like I did this morning. But um, I love acts of service. I love serving people. I love making others smile. It's great when I can be the goofball that does it. Um, but I have a flesh, and it also loves some things like sleep and warmth and laziness and entertainment for starters. It's not a, a message about me or I could go on for quite a while. We want you to be physically characterized by a respect for one's body as redeemed by Jesus and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So I wanna, I wanna switch gears here a little bit. How many of you guys tend to be visual learners when just in, in any capacity? I mean, who likes illustrations, the Bible's analogies? I love it, that clicks for me, it works. So we're gonna look at that a little bit today, the, the body and the head. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play around with words a little bit and be a little bit free with that. So um, I hope you don't, nobody brought any stones. I don't think it's gonna be stone worthy, but um, bear with me here. We're gonna read some scriptures. I've got Sydney and Corey willing to, to read for us. But we're gonna be in Ephesians and Colossians, so feel free to join us if you want. But um, we're gonna look at this illustration that the Lord gives us of the body and the head. Sydney, you want to hit those first two verses, please? Okay, so Paul is laying out that image of, of the body, that Christ is our head, and that from that head is where we are supplied the body, the body of Christ. That's all of us. So he, he sets it up and then he, he kind of goes into a little bit more detail. But Christ is our head. We're, um, so you want to keep reading and we'll get some of that contrast as he keeps going. So do you see that battle there? There wasn't a battle, right? It was just flesh. That's all there was. But then we learned Christ, and it's no longer just a free reign of the flesh. Christ is our head. So, Corey, why don't you hop over to Colossians. We're going to start with one verse in chapter 2, and we're going to jump into the middle of a thought here, but I'm just trying to give a little picture, and then we'll, we'll keep going. 
So he's, he's talking earlier in, in some specific context, but I want to just grasp onto that idea. He says, when you're not holding fast to, the, to your head, that's the, whole, that's the whole crux of the matter. We need to hold fast to our head from whom the whole body is supplied. So pop down in chapter three, and we're going to read a few chapter or a few verses in the beginning, and then one more towards the end. Yep. Okay, so we are to set our mind on things above, not on things there. That's our, our theme verse for this very, very school here, for what you're learning. We died, our life is hidden with Christ, and when Christ, who is our life, appears, is Christ your life? Are you holding fast to your head? We're instructed in verse 17 that everything in word and deed that we are to do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ so my question, is your body disconnected from your head? Your, what about your physical body? Is your physical body disconnected from your head, Jesus? Well, let's take a look. We've got some more statements. If you remember our first ones. So we're going to take turns with these again. Let's start in the back this time. Marshall, you want to start us out? Nope, read that one again. <laughs> when I get hangry, I am <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time to worry about health stuff. I'm too busy to do It doesn't bother me to just do what I feel like when it comes to just doing what I can exercise tomorrow. So, have you ever felt yourself or found yourself saying or thinking any of these things and even hit close to home? I know they did for me, for sure. So I want you to consider the statements on the first slide. I'm going to read a handful of those again. 
I've tried memorizing my Bible. It just doesn't work for me. I'm an introvert. I'm not a share my faith kind of person. I've got the service, serving thing mastered. I'll just show up at the end and voila. When I don't get enough me time or uh, self-care, I can't be responsible for what I say or do. I don't have time to spend personal time with God. I'm too busy with ministry. So these statements on the first slide, those are the real spiritual ones, right? They're the ones that really matter, right? Is it not the same fleshly temptations that are at the root of both statements? Are not both sets of statements ignoring Christ's headship in our lives? So what's the solution? We need to get our head on straight. I love the potato head. I think that's my favorite. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, <clears throat> we're just about at the end. Um, but I would, I would challenge you to make sure that the things that you're learning up here and in classes, it, it permeates through your whole body, literally and figuratively. I want us to read this verse together as we go. I'm not going to close with the funny things because we need to close with God's word. So could you guys all stand up with me? And we're going to read this together and then I'll pray and we'll, you'll be dismissed after that. Um, okay, let's start. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our life, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Lord, indeed, you are our life. You are the head of all of us. Father, you love us unconditionally. You picked us up out of the gutter. You adopted us. You called us your own. And you said, now, as my child, I've got some things for you. And you now have the ability to live according to my spirit, the spirit that I've placed in you. Thank you, Lord, for that gift. Thank you for your headship. Would you continue conforming each of us? And as we walk out today, may we be even one little step further in our walk in making you our head in all things. In the name of our precious Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.